0: Opinions expressed herein are subject to change and not necessarily the opinion of the firm. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The information presented herein is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide personal investment advice. It is important that you consider your tolerance for risk and investment goals when making investment decisions. Investing in securities does involve risk and the potential of losing money. The material does not constitute research, investment advice, or trade recommendations. And now, introducing Mr. Keith Lanton. Hi, good
1: morning. Welcome to July 6th, the uh, first full week of uh, July 2020, uh, just past the halfway point. And uh, I got some uh, interesting things to talk about this morning as uh, financial markets look like uh, they are going to open with a risk on tilt, futures pointing to a higher open in the equity markets uh, here in the United States as well as uh, as well as strong markets, uh, particularly uh, in Asia and China specifically, and uh, Europe is stronger as well, but first, going to get started uh, talk about Fourth of July share some uh, some just some fun facts to get us started, and then uh, discuss topics that uh, that all individual investors people uh, should be thinking about financial advisors should be thinking about sharing with their clients uh, with uh, with the Coronavirus still spreading, things that, uh, that anyone uh, who is susceptible should think about in terms of uh, state planning, and then we'll talk about some, uh, some events of the day and some news from Barron's. So July 4th holiday, um, originally when, uh, when America declared independence, the Continental Congress voted actually on July 2nd uh, for independence, and then on July 4th. Uh, was the day that uh, that vote had been shared with the rest of the colonies. And uh, John Adams expected Independence Day, therefore, to be July 2nd. Um, but in fact, uh, the date that it was introduced to the colonies, as we all know, July 4th became the official date. Um, and reports are that in the uh, first few years following independence um, and the victory over the British, that uh, July 4th celebrations that John Adams... Uh, turned down some invitations on July 4th because he felt that that was the incorrect date and that it should have been July 2nd. Um, the only actual signers of the Declaration of Independence uh, on July 4th uh, were John Hancock, and another gentleman by the name of Stockton. Um, the other 54 signers signed at a uh, later date, some suggesting uh, as late as uh, August when most of those signers' uh, took signatories took place. Um Congress made Independence Day an unofficial, unpaid holiday for federal employer ease in eighteen seventy. Um and that's when uh July fourth or Independence Day became an official holiday in most minds of most Americans. It wasn't until nineteen thirty eight that uh that Congress changed Independence Day to a paid federal holiday. Um one out of every eight signers of the uh, Declaration of Independence was uh, educated at Harvard University. Um, the American, uh, the American uh, national bird, which ultimately was the uh, bald eagle, um, originally Benjamin Franklin proposed the bird as being the turkey. Speaking of Benjamin Franklin, uh, he was the oldest signator of the Declaration of Independence at age 70. Uh, the stars of the original American flag were in a circle because the colonies were um, at each other um, in terms of who was the more important colony, and the circle was chosen with 13 uh, with thirteen uh, stars, each representing one colony, in order to represent uh, their equality. And uh, just looking back uh, to 1776 and how far the nations come in 1776, there were about 2.5 million people. Living in the what became the United States, today the population up from 2.5 million to about 325 million people. Changing gears here, I'm going to talk about uh, steps uh, that uh, many should take, um, not necessarily just because of the coronavirus, uh, the coronavirus just may maybe an impetus or another reason to think about it, uh, but all investors, advisors should be having conversations with investors consistently um, regarding uh regarding the importance of uh of of the documents uh that uh, will carry out their wishes um, and uh, we'll talk about what some of those documents are and if uh, if you're speaking to clients and they say I've already got my documents whatever those documents are and living wills healthcare proxies etc um it's still important to remember that uh, you want to make sure that uh any documents uh, laying out your wishes Um, are reviewed to be current. Um, This is uh, things like living wills, health care proxies, HIPAA releases, power of attorneys, um, and wills. Documents that are old, for example, 10 years or more, may be viewed as stale, and even though they may remain legally binding, they could be more difficult to use, perhaps more easily challenged, um, and uh, perhaps most importantly, you should be certain that these documents reflect your current wishes. Um, many of us in the financial services industry have seen instances where, um, unfortunately, things like uh, IRA uh, beneficiaries uh, not updated, reflecting, uh, reflecting uh, former spouses or, or, or children that weren't the intended uh, uh, beneficiaries and the ensuing uh, legal disagreements that followed. So some of the documents uh, that uh, you need to uh, at least think about, living will, What is a living will? It's a statement of your health care wishes. It might also address religious considerations, personal preferences, and more. Uh, DNR, also known as a do not resuscitate, which is a document which specifies that you don't want any heroic or resuscitative measures in the event of a cardiac or pulmonary event. Health care proxies, which are legal documents which you name a person called your agent to make health care decisions for you if you're not able to. Uh, HIPAA releases, a uh, legal document in which you name a person called your agent to communicate with your medical providers and have access to your private um, health information. Um, a power of attorney, which is a legal document in which you name a person also called your agent, not to be confused with the agent under your health care documents, could be a different person, to handle financial, tax, and legal matters um, if you cannot do so and uh, your will, which is a legal document in which you designate guardians for your minor children and direct how assets you own will be distributed after your death. Um, alternatively, many people also use a uh, revocable trust as their primary dispositive document. That doesn't mean they don't have a will, um, but the majority of the assets, in some cases, handled by trust. Um, what documents uh, most impacted by coronavirus, HIPAA releases, living wills, DNRs, um, historically, if you were hospitalized and a medical decision had to be made, your agent would most likely be in the hospital, in, hospital with you. Uh, perhaps they'd have your documents in hand and be prepared to act. Um, given quarantines and the need for social distancing, that may not be permitted in the current environment, and that changes the way that your healthcare proxy, your HIPAA documents, may be used. The agent likely won't be there to sign documents and communicate decisions in person. Language might be expressly added to all healthcare-related documents, expressly authorizing your healthcare agent to give directions by telephone, web conference, email, Skype, FaceTime, and other forms of communication. And some uh, medical facilities uh, may uh, be hesitant to act on these documents unless the documents expressly hold harmless and indemnify all medical care providers from any liability whatsoever from relying on those indirect means of means of communication uh, by the agent to them. Some best practices to keep in mind when thinking about uh, healthcare proxies. Number one, think about whether the person you name has the emotional capacity to carry out your wishes. Two, discuss the provisions of your documents with all the people that you name um, as uh, as uh, powers of attorney um, or agents, um, so that they are not surprised. Um that they're being called upon to act. Um, three, you may want to keep a copy of these uh, medical uh, documents uh, in your primary care doctors' offices. um if uh, if you've been in and out of uh, you know hospitals or a specific hospital, um, you may want to see if uh, that hospital is able to uh, electronically keep and store your wishes so that uh, that they have them uh, available um if you're hospitalized you would give a copy of these documents obviously depending on your condition and the circumstances of the hospitalization um to the hospital admitting clerk um if uh, if you are admitted to the hospital and uh, you may not be conscious um you could keep a card in your wallet stating the fact that you have uh healthcare proxies and providing the names and phone numbers uh of your agent um you also want to keep your healthcare proxy documents uh, accessible um, somewhere uh, in your home rather than a safe deposit box um, so that uh, in the event that it needs to be accessed, uh, it is accessible. Moving on to uh, what we've got going on this morning, uh, we've got uh, futures higher. We have Dow futures up by uh, about 400 points, um, stock market up uh, on some good news, uh, it could be argued that these good news uh, sometimes comes in threes, and perhaps that's what's pushing us higher this morning. Um, so we do have three pieces of news uh, that are influencing the markets this morning. Perhaps the uh, biggest uh, biggest uh, factor is an article in the Chinese government-run publication uh, called for, quote, uh, a healthy bull market, unquote, Put that into perspective, that's kind of akin to the Federal Reserve saying the stocks look too cheap, um, and as a result, uh, that is pushing uh, Chinese stocks higher. That's really a vote of confidence in Chinese equities by the equivalent of the Chinese Central Bank, and the Chinese Shanghai Composite is up almost uh, 6%, 5.7% overnight, um, and uh, that one of the major catalysts uh, for the the stronger uh, U.S. futures this morning. Uh, we also have news that uh, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, who has uh, largely uh, sat out uh, the uh, volatility of the market, some say he has not been uh, bargain hunting, and perhaps that's not a vote of confidence in, uh, in, in U.S. financial markets, um, but uh, Berkshire Hathaway with a significant deal this morning, uh, buying the natural gas pipeline and storage assets from Dominion Energy um, for uh, $9.7 billion. And finally, and uh, perhaps equally important, um, is that uh, deaths due to COVID-19 are falling. Um, some, of the, uh, some of the some of the some of the people suggesting perhaps they'll start rising again due to the uh, lagging nature, but right now, markets uh, focusing on the uh, half-full scenario, the positive. COVID-19 deaths are falling despite the surge in the number of cases. Fewer than 500 people have died each day over the past week, and that's down from a comparable peak of more than 2,000 in uh, in mid-April. Um, just to go through uh, some of the uh, some of the numbers here um, this morning: uh, um, Dow futures um, now up uh, over 400. S and P futures are up uh, 49. Um, Nasdaq futures up about 160. Um, Taking a look at uh, overseas markets outside of China, which we talked about, Hong Kong up almost four percent, Japan up about two percent, um, Australia where the uh, central bank is expected to keep interest rates unchanged tomorrow. Nevertheless, uh, markets there down slightly. There is some tension with their biggest trading partner, which is China. Um, European markets up uh, one and a half uh, to one and three quarter percent uh, across the board. Um, oil this morning uh, unchanged at about forty dollars and sixty five cents a barrel. Um gold up about five dollars an ounce, so relative calm in the uh, in the commodity space. Um and we are seeing uh, some slight dollar weakness, um the euro up to about one hundred thirteen against the dollar. Um all this good news having a muted effect in the treasury market. We've talked about it before. Um Brad's talked about it that the... Uh, right now it looks like the fed is targeting interest rates meaning uh they are not seeking a, a significant change in interest rates and uh, and the good news this morning uh pushing interest rates uh up but only about two basis points uh so perhaps uh, reflective of the fact uh, that the federal reserve uh, remains uh remains uh, active uh, with their uh, with their mechanism to uh keep interest rates uh, relatively uh or or not necessarily relatively but to keep them uh to keep them uh, low um, this morning some uh, some other uh some other uh news this morning we're seeing a uh, movement in uh in stocks that are uh, are are sensitive to an economic uh, recovery or the reopening of the economy so we're seeing the cruise line stocks and the airlines uh this morning uh generally uh generally higher by uh over 3% um, gap is continuing uh, strength that it demonstrated uh after uh after they had uh, positive news regarding new clothing line um, and uh, the Gap stock uh, continuing uh, its momentum to the, uh, to the upside. Um, Uber hire, uh, Bloomberg reporting the company is acquiring Postmates, a uh, food delivery company, for $2.7 billion in stock. Uh, Tesla stock up this morning uh price target uh raised at JMP Securities on Tesla from 1050 to 1500 um and uh this uh is further uh, burning some of the uh, short sellers in the stock as they uh continue to cover as Tesla continues to move higher um, I mentioned Berkshire Hathaway uh, buying those assets from uh, Dominion Energy and uh and uh Uh, Berkshire Hathaway stock is up about 4.5 points or 2.5% on that news. Um, Also newsworthy, it's a $10 billion deal. It includes about $6 billion in Dominion's uh, debt. Uh, Regeneron stock higher this morning, REGN, about 5% after announcing its initiation of a Phase 3 trial for its uh, COVID-19 treatment. Some uh, some general news this morning, U.S. federal workers returning to their offices um, in India. They delayed there the reopening of the Taj Mahal. Uh, worldwide corona cases uh, approaching 3 million. Um, Wall Street Journal reporting that China's on track to miss energy purchase targets that they made under the U.S. trade deal. Um, New York Times reporting that uh, the U.S. is deploying two aircraft carriers to the South China Sea, um, possibly uh, in, re- in response to some actions by the Chinese um, in the South China Sea. Um, so some uh, tensions building there. Um, BBC reporting that the uh, British government may ban uh, Huawei. Um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott um, has uh, has uh, further strengthened his uh, requiring of mandatory face coverings um, um, in not just inside commercial buildings but in, uh, in other areas. Public uh, spaces as uh, as well. Um, the Washington Post is reporting that uh, Joe Biden is considering as a VP candidate the uh, Senator uh, Tammy Duckworth. A couple of things to uh, to look out for uh, this week. Um, the Senate remains in recess uh, through July seventeenth. Um, there is growing support for a new round of fiscal stimulus when the chamber reconvenes. Um, looking forward uh, to tomorrow, uh, we have uh, earnings from paychecks. I mentioned the Reserve Bank of Australia announcing its monetary policy decision tomorrow. On Wednesday, um, we have Costco reporting sales for June. Uh, Federal Reserve releasing consumer credit data. Um, consumer credit is expected to continue to decline as the economy it um, still is not fully reopened, but uh, the rate of decline is expected to slow significantly as uh, consumers uh, are starting to uh, rev up their spending to pre-coronavirus uh, levels. Um, on Thursday, we once again uh, get the initial jobless claims. This for the week ending July 4th. Uh, Thursday, we also get earnings from uh, Walgreens. And then on Friday we get the uh, producer price index for June. The consensus estimate is for a four-tenths of one percent uh, gain. Uh, the core PPI um, is expected to take up uh, one-tenth of one percent. Moving on to uh, Barron's. Barron's, uh, you know, cover story article uh, talked about uh, three different scenarios uh, for the coronavirus in the uh, second half of the economy, um, and uh, they general consensus was that what we would see would be what I, what they would call the base case which uh, which I'll discuss um, they give a slightly higher probability to the bear case over the bull case but they have three scenarios greatest probability they say is the uh, base case then the uh, slightly higher elevated probability uh, relative to the bearish the bullish case is the bearish case um, and they lay out what uh, what they see in each of those different scenarios so Talking about the base case uh, scenario, which they put odds of uh, roughly uh, 50% on of uh, this being the uh, most likely outcome, Um, in the base case scenario, uh, first says that the coronavirus is something that Americans will have to live with for an extended period of time. This is what they think the market's pricing in currently. Uh, Second, that the Federal Reserve will continue to do whatever it takes to support the economy and financial markets. And third, Congress will pass additional aid to households and businesses to the tune of at least, uh, one trillion dollars. Um, also under the base case, the scenario, um, with, there will be some existence of a vaccine, um, or a therapy by the fall, but uh, we won't see mass production of a treatment by the middle of next year. Um, together, um, with, uh, with, uh, those assumptions, uh, would lead to a sustainable economic recovery, um, and that recovery would uh, really take hold in the beginning of next year. In this scenario, uh, Barron estimates that fair value um, by the end of the year on the S&P 500 would be about 3300 not too far off from where we are now. In this base case scenario, the stock market would chop sideways um, as uh, social distancing remains strict. Reopenings Start and stop, and unemployment remains in the uh, in the high, uh, you know, uh, teens um, within this uh, within this uh, scenario. What stocks to own in this scenario? Um, Barron's is suggesting that uh, the stocks that have uh, been the leaders um, would not continue to be the leaders. Uh, they've just uh, moved too far too fast. So instead of owning uh, the large-cap stocks that have led the rally, which means uh, not necessarily owning even indexes like the NASDAQ 100 or the S&P 500, um, they would favor things like financials, materials, um, and energy stocks because they're cheaper than the broader market while they are leveraged to uh, an economic uh, recovery. Um, in, the, uh, in the bear case, um, which uh, they didn't specifically state the probability, but uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 30% because they said it's a little higher than the uh, bullish case. Um, in that scenario, um, we would see a resurgence in coronavirus cases. We would see rollbacks uh, get delayed. Um, we would see a uh, continuation of what we've seen in Arizona, California, Georgia, and Texas, whereby we'd continue to see a record number of COVID-19 infections, Um, without any uh, peak in the near term, Um, near term meaning about the next two weeks. Um, We would continue to see closings of bars, indoor dining throughout most of the country. Um, On top of the uncertainty around the virus, um, on top of uh, that, we would see uh, potentially a a second wave in this bear case scenario starting in the fall Um, that might look uh, almost as bad or if not worse than the first wave. Um also, in this bear case scenario um a vaccine um, would happen uh not at all or later than uh than expected also in this bear case, you would uh not see an extension of uh benefits uh for things like uh unemployment and you would not get the fiscal spending that's considered uh uh part of the base case, which is that uh one trillion dollar uh additional uh stimulus from uh, from the government. Um in the bull case, twenty uh, percent scenario, um this is the case for an economic recovery, uh stock market assuming the worst is behind us. Um in this scenario um rising COVID cases would uh would, would, would cease um and we'd start to see a slow, steady uh, decline. Um we'd also have a vaccine that would be widely available before the end of this year as opposed to mid two thousand twenty one. Um under this scenario, market uh, strategists suggest we could see an s and p five hundred of uh, of s and p five hundred of target of about thirty five hundred um, with uh, with things going right. Um, we would see things that we're starting to see, which uh, which is more mobility across the country. Um, we would see increased driving. Um, we wouldn't necessarily see a, a return to public transportation, um but we would see people finding alternative means. Uh, uh, to get themselves around, and uh, that would be reflected in the economic data and the recovery that would take hold. Um, perhaps one of the other reasons that the market's uh, made a recovery um, in the last few weeks, uh, Barron's is suggesting, is uh, is the market is uh, starting to come to terms, that uh, if President Term were not to win re-election, something that the market has uh, been concerned about, um, that a President Biden would not uh, be as uh, as negative or necessarily uh, um, as unmarket friendly as uh, as initially thought. Um, Barron suggesting that the market is uh, is you know to some extent pricing in uh, the potentiality of uh, of President Trump not getting reelected, and if this were to happen. Um, the uh, market is suggesting that uh, the first priority of a Biden administration would be to get the economy recovering to where it was in 2019, and the way to get there would not be by significantly increasing taxes and significantly increasing regulation. Um, one of the items that they do think that a Biden presidency would uh, would take on fairly early would be rolling back the corporate tax cuts uh, that the uh, Trump administration pushed hard for um, which uh, corporate tax rates now are at 21 percent. Um, one of the things uh, that uh, the market may have to contend with is a corporate tax rate more in tune with about 28 percent. Um, another factor of a Biden presidency, and perhaps this is uh, priced into some of these stocks over the past week or two, um, would be uh tougher regulation of banks. Um, some are suggesting that the uh, Elizabeth Warren could be Treasury Secretary under uh, President uh, Biden if he were to get elected. And uh, in that scenario, uh, Elizabeth Warren has uh, not uh, shown herself uh, to be uh, very financial services friendly. A couple of other thoughts uh, before I turn things over to Brad. Um, Barron uh, did write a very positive article on uh, European stocks that they could be ready for a comeback. Um, talking about uh, that uh, the Europeans uh, who have uh, badly trailed the U.S. in terms of their stock market over the past six months, the uh, European Stock 600 Index has slid 12%. That's compared to a 2.6% decline in the S&P 500. And over the past three years, the uh, European index has risen 4.8% versus 36% for the U.S. Um, But Barron's is suggesting that the coronavirus may have changed the equation um they uh they talked to uh BlackRock um and BlackRock uh said that they are becoming increasingly positive on uh, on Europe, especially vis a vis uh the United States, um, especially as uh, Europe stands out for the progress it's made um, in uh containing the coronavirus, uh where the US uh right now is in the midst of uh a resurgence. Um and perhaps this will start become reflected in the performance of uh European equity markets, uh, European cities starting to reopen, Paris uh, reopening cafes, stores in Germany uh, are open, strict lockdowns in Spain have eased, um, BlackRock uh, has said uh, that they remain concerned in the U.S. about U.S.-China relations as well as the uh, tumultuous upcoming election season. Um, In contrast, Europe has increased stimulus with countries like France launching bigger than expected uh, packages uh, to boost their economy. As a result, the uh, BlackRock uh, team has an overweight in European equities, underweight in emerging markets, and a more cautious neutral position on U.S. stocks over the next uh, six months. Um, recent data out of Europe have shown signs of a recovery. Truck toll mileage, restaurant reservations in Germany suggest economic activity is getting back roughly to pre-crisis levels, and that a strong rebound is uh, underway um, in Germany. Finally, uh, one last Bond thought before I turn over to Brad. Um, Barron's also talked about the uh, Bond funds, and specifically the American funds, um, and the American Funds' is uh, a quiet rise to bond dominant. Um They talk about uh, the fact that the American fund oversees more than two trillion in assets and is known for its actively managed stock funds. Nevertheless, uh, American Funds has 400 billion in its bond funds um, and is the largest fixed income family now after Vanguard, BlackRock, Pimco, and Fidelity. It has 18 bond funds, uh, nine of which are less than 10 years old. Um, but American Funds uh, has been delivering in terms of fixed income performance. Uh, the $59 billion bond fund of America, which is its flagship fixed income product, which was launched in 1974, um, over the past 12 months, uh, is up 10.3%, beating 97% of its peers. Um, if you go back three years, it's beating uh, 82% uh, of its uh, peers of uh, American funds, 18 bond funds, uh, eight are in the top 10% this year, and five are in the first or second uh, percentile. Uh, they only have one underperforming fund, which is their high income trust fund, and it has suffered because of its defensiveness, um, is the reason why it has not been as aggressive, uh, and the Federal Reserve has been very kind um, to uh, to high yield by, uh, being an active participant and buying up some, uh, some credits that had fallen into the junk, uh, arena. Um, American has made some, uh, some big hires in the, uh, in, in their bond space, taking, uh, taking, uh, some senior managers from Fidelity, Oak Tree, um, Leg Mason. They've installed the, uh, BlackRock's Aladdin Risk Analytics, uh, system as well. And they've instituted policies to penalize managers for taking excessive risk in order to generate higher returns.
0: I'll turn it over to Brad talk some more about markets uh, Good morning Brad Good morning Keith. morning everyone. hope everyone had a great long weekend really nice uh holiday always uh, on the fourth get to be with family friends uh, not a, maybe not as much this year as in years past, but uh it's still always a pretty happy weekend uh Just a comment about the municipals today uh we absolutely need to get ready for living in a time where almost every municipal will have a material event, whether it's stated or not. Uh, I think that uh, for those of you that look at my offerings, you've noticed that for the past month I've uh, added the line, please double check for material events on any all municipals you may, you may be trading with me or away from me. And that's very important to, to uh, know that given the circumstances, there will be more uh, credit watch bonds, and uh, there will be more material events that are that are taking place. Uh, the, this is obviously going to be happening because income, property, and revenue taxes are going to be going down. Not that the tax rate is going down, but the collections are going to be going down uh, for the municipalities and authorities. Uh, last week, S&P lowered up the Port Authority of New York, New Jersey, and I keep I apologize for keep harping on a local bond, but it's, it's one that I know and like. Uh, but the S&P lowered Port Authority, uh, New York, New Jersey, to A-plus negative watch. Uh, that was down a couple of ticks. And uh, that, that upsets me because uh, it was a go-to bond for a lot of uh, investors who are in New York and New Jersey. Um, but it's our new reality. Uh, port is a conglomerate of bridges, tunnels, airports, and skyscrapers in the largest local economy in the world, and uh, it's it's just uh, it's just something that you have to give a little bit more thought to when you're buying a municipal. Uh, the, there are outstanding bonds of port authority that have five percent uh, coupons and current calls, and I'm happy that they're not being called because the owners of those bonds are living with five percent. But you have to question, why can't you get a deal that's going to refund these five percent bonds in this uh, interest rate environment? So I believe, and I hope and I hate using the word hope uh, when it comes to investing uh, that this will be a blip on Port Authority's long-term soundness, uh, and I, I would be a buyer on any significant drop in price on the Port Authority. Uh, I've seen this happen with the Port Authority a couple of times, as well as some other things. I do think that the Port Authority will be a survivor through thick or thin. But just keep an eye on it. Just an anecdotal story. Uh, In the meantime, uh, water and environmental bonds uh, have seemed to be bulletproof. And uh, the senior sales tax revenue bonds have been uh, weathering the storm, given that in spite of record unemployment, people are still, still spending money. Uh, we'll have to see what happens, how quick this recovery takes place, and uh, what happens with unemployment benefits and employment in general. So keep an eye on that, too. Uh, the the situation is fluid, and I will continue to update uh, everyone as, uh, you know, as time goes by. And uh, that's all I have for today. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. That's everything I've got. Thank you for listening to Mr. Keith Lanton. For more podcasts, please visit our website, www.lanternwa.com.